Welcome to the Followers of the Way podcast for May 26, 2019. As we come to the end of our incredible time in the book of Daniel, we see that through all the treacherous events, violent circumstances, and ferocious conditions that man's kingdom brings, the end game is already determined. The kingdom of God wins. In today's podcast titled World Engines, Daniel, the end game, God delivers his righteous ones through times of distress to everlasting life. This brings hope for today, hope for tomorrow, and hope for the end times, no matter your eschatological leanings. In today's message, the angel Gabriel admonishes Daniel and in turn believers today to preserve by remaining faithful to the almighty sovereign ruler, no matter the events, circumstances, or conditions he or we may face. The result of our faithfulness is rest and an inheritance. Join us in your copy of God's Word as we look for the last time at the book of Daniel, chapter 12. As you know, as we come to the end of Daniel, the last time we were here, we had, I think we had Mother's Day and then we had Easter in between. So we've, it's been a while since we've been in Daniel. But the last time we talked was Daniel chapter 11 and we were talking about Antiochus Epiphanes. And that's a familiar name for us who've been going through the book. Um, because he was a guy who did some very, very bad things to the children of Israel. And the last time we were in Daniel, in Daniel chapter 11, we went up to verse 39, and we looked at how bad he was and the things that he did. And God, in, through his scriptures, brought out a couple of groups of people. And he's talked about those group of people who were wise and those people who understood. And he talked about how those people during that time as Antiochus was doing all of these bad things, God had a remnant of people who came through, who were living how they were supposed to. They did not switch over to what he was doing. And through that, though they got persecuted during that time, God still was faithful to them. At the end of 39, he will deal with the strongest, deal with the strongest forces with the help of the foreign God. He will greatly honor those who acknowledge him, making them rulers over many and distributing land as a reward. And so it talked about the bad things that Antiochus was doing as he was taking over time and running through countries and especially what he was doing um, through Israel. And he talked about those. We, we highlighted those in verse 33 with flattery. He will corrupt those who act wickedly toward the covenant, but the people who know their God will be strong and take action. And we highlighted those people through all that suffering and all that pain and all the things that was going on, the people that know their God. And we looked into what it meant through the scripture, what it meant through the scripture to know God. And we spent some time on that. So when we get to Daniel chapter 11, verse 40, there seems to be some type of transition. So we talked about uh, uh, the study of the end times, eschatology, and I want to I want to give a um, what's those things, Padilla, that you give before all your messages? Disclaimer. Yes, I've got a. I want to I want to give a disclaimer <laughs> for this message. Um, as we got to Daniel seven and through uh, the end, it was never it was not my intent to go through a deep study of eschatology which we could. I think we should. We may do that in like a Bible study or something uh, in, the, in the near future. I think it's very important. God put it in here. There's some things that we as a body of Christ need to understand. And so um, there is a time and a place for that. And I encourage you as followers of Christ to take that time, even in your own personal Bible study, 
to, to study eschatology. See what he's talking about to Daniel. Look at Revelations. Look at what Jesus was saying in um, Matthew 24. What, what, what's happening during the end times? Why was it important? Why did Christ even mention it? Why are these books in the Bible? Uh, it's a good study um, as far as doctrine is concerned, understanding, and then how I, what do I do based on that? But during these times on Sunday, it wasn't my intent to go into a deep um, theological eschatology study. And it won't be as we end these last sessions. I want to look at the scriptures and say, okay, what is it, highlight, what is it that God is saying to us, to Daniel, and then to us, how we can apply it to our lives, and what is those references to those things at the end? And so when we look at Daniel, a lot of those things that we saw, some of those things had near-term fulfillment. Daniel said, you know, the Persians will come and the Medes will come. And then we saw uh, shortly after the Persians and the Medes came. And this is what Belteshazzar saw the handwriting on the wall. So some of those things were immediate. Some of those things talked about future. He talked about uh, Nebuchadnezzar. He said this rock, this mountain is going to form and this rock is going to come and destroy this, this entire statue that's built. And the kingdom of God will come and take over everything. At that time, during that prophecy, Nebuchadnezzar was still king. And so he was talking about a future thing that was happening. So there were some near future, some distant future prophecies going on. And some of those prophecies seem to look like they referred to things that were going to happen in short-term future and may have some reference that things are going to happen to long-term future also. And so when we look at Daniel chapter 11, there's some things that's going on with Antiochus. And through history, through Josephus and some other writers, we see those things actually happen. But when we get to verse 40, there seems to be some things going on that Daniel is seeing in the vision that the angel is telling Daniel that we're not fulfilled with Antiochus, which gives the implication that it's possible that these things could be left in the future. So when we get to verse 40, it says, at the time of the end, the king of the south will engage him in battle, but the king of the north will storm against him with chariots, horsemen and many ships. He will invade countries and sweep through them like a flood. Who also invade the beautiful land and many will fall, but these will escape from his power. Edom, Moab, prominent people of the Ammonites. He will extend his power against the countries and not even the land of Egypt will escape. He will get control over the hidden treasures of gold and silver and over the riches of Egypt. The Libyans and Cushites will also be in submission. But reports from the east and the north will terrify him and he will go with great fury and annihilate and completely destroy many. He will pitch his royal tents between the sea and the beautiful holy mountain, but he will meet his end with no one to help him. And so there is an idea that, OK, when we look at history and we look at what happened with Antiochus, who was previously the person of subject in chapter 11, we don't see any of that stuff happen with Antiochus. There's no record of those events being attributed to uh, Antiochus. Uh, nothing about him storming there and Edom and Moab will be left alone and so on and so forth. We really don't see that in history. Now, that could mean two things. One, it hasn't been uncovered yet. There was a time when people said, oh, there was no Nebuchadnezzar or there was no Belteshazzar or there was no Darius. And then later on, we found some scrolls that mentioned these things. So there's a possibility that one of the reasons why this hasn't been seen in history yet is because we haven't uncovered it. But there's also a strong possibility that one of the reasons why we don't see these events attributed to Antiochus is because what the angel was doing was using uh, kind of the rhetoric or lingo about what was going on with Antiochus 
to reference something that's going to happen in the future, some type of uh, person or entity or something that's going to come and is going to be at the end of time, have some battle, have some uh, issues going on. And I think as you flow into verse 12, chapter 12, verse 1, it says, at that time, Michael, the great prince who stands watch over your people, will rise up and there will be a time of distress such as never has occurred since the nations came into being until that time. I'll stop there. And so when I look at that and I say at that time, I refer back to, OK, what we're we talking about. And I go back to verse 40 at the time of the end. And so to say, OK, so what Daniel is seeing now, what the angel is showing Daniel is at the end, at the time of the end, this stuff is going to happen. We haven't seen it recorded yet. So it's a possibility that the end that the angel is referring to isn't really happened yet. But he says during this time, this end time, there is going to be a time of distress such as never such as never has occurred. When you look at that word time, it's the idea of an error or an experience or occurrences. And so what the angel is saying is, listen, there's going to be. And remember how all this stopped off. Remember how all this jumped off real quick. I know it's been a while. This started in Daniel chapter nine. He started praying. OK, he didn't understand what was going. He started praying. And the Bible says that God sent the angel to him in his prayer. His angel got stopped because he was fighting some demons over Persia. Michael came to help him, and then the angel came down to give him the answer to his question. And so this is still the continuation of that same vision that started in chapter 9. And so the angels tell him, say, look, at the end, at the end time, there's going to be some experiences, some occurrences, a time there's going to be an era of great distress such as never has occurred. And what it seems to be as I read this, it seems to be some type of culmination of all the evil and all the pain and all the suffering that was mentioned before. The fact that the angel tells him this time of distress is going to be something never, ever seen before. Um, some period of great conflict, persecution for the people of God at the time, at the end, it seems to be referring to here at the end time. And so what we have here is that the coming of the kingdom of God. Because that's what Daniel's talking about. Daniel was saying the whole book is like, listen, all these kingdoms are going to come. Nebuchadnezzar, Babylon, Greece, Roman, all these kingdoms are going to come. But let me let you understand, there's a bigger kingdom coming, the kingdom of God. Then he went on and said, OK, all these beasts are going to come. This beast is going to come. This beast is going to come. They're going to have this many horns. It's going to be terrible, terrible, terrible. But there's going to be the ancient of days who's going to show up and end all that. And so the concept that he's saying is, as you go, children of Israel at this time, and I believe it's talking to us, as you go through these hard times, as you experience this era of distress, experience uh, these occurrences of distress, as you see this stuff that's going to happen that's never been, never occurred even before, this period, this time of great conflict, of pain, of suffering, understand that as you go through this, as this happened, verse one, but at the time, all your people who are found written in the book will escape. I think it's a constant thing that Daniel is trying to show him this end or the end game. OK, this the end as all these things wrap up, all this evil, all these beasts, all these kingdoms, all this stuff is about to happen. But in the end, the people of God will escape. Because God is going to provide that escape in the end. Um, I thought this was interesting. 
when you look at um, there will be a time of distress such as never has occurred since the nations came into being until the, until the end of time. But at the time, all your people who are found written in the book will escape. So let's talk about that a little bit. All your people. There is a, 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 a belief that, hey, when it says all your people, the angel is telling Daniel your people literally talking about your people being the, the uh, Jews. And it's saying that because it says your people, he's talking about Jews. All your people will escape. And it says, well, at the time, all your people who are found written in the book will escape. So whatever this big time of distress or this big suffering is or this hard times that's going to come that at the end that no one's ever seen before. Through this, the Jews, your people, if their name are found and written in the book, they shall escape. Uh, then there's this group that says, OK, but your people could be referring to. Not just the Jews, but talking about the, your people, the people of Daniel. Daniel was a godly man. So it's referring to people who are like Daniel, who are godly, who are righteous. Um, I tend to lean toward that one a little bit because as you continue reading, uh, looking at what was talking about uh, what happens to those people, I don't think that that is reserved just for the Jews. I think those things that happen as we're going to continue on applies to all of God's people. So that's kind of where I lean. Uh, in that section. But the other thing is the found written in the book will escape. So I thought about it. I said, what is this book? Immediately, my mind goes to the book of life. Talk about revelations uh, that's written there where your names in the Lamb book of life. But why does my mind automatically go there? One of the things I want us to understand as you are studying your eschatology, as you're looking at the word of God. And this was hard for me initially, but I continue to start doing it. When you're talking about, and this is just for any time you're looking at the Word of God. When you're talking about studying the Word of God, looking at the Word of God, especially looking at things uh, like eschatology or end times or anything in scriptures, one of the things that we as believers should make sure, we need to ensure that we base our beliefs on our personal studying of the Word of God while being led by the Holy Spirit. Not necessarily on what we've been taught of what we heard in passing, Okay. And that comes to not just eschatology, but any type of when we look at the word of God. Anytime you hear me preach, if I'm preaching something, I'm saying the Bible says and blah, 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 blah. Great. Open your Bible and say, OK, let's see what it says. I'm going to study what it says. I heard what Olu said. I want to study what the word of God says myself. And so it won't be a thing where I believe this because I heard Olu say it. OK, we have to understand that when we look at the word of God, the Bible says the Holy Spirit, I will give you the Holy Spirit and he will teach you all things. And so we have the ability to take our time to study the word, ask the Holy Spirit, whoever asks for wisdom, I will give it and allow the Holy Spirit to teach you as you study the word of God. And so you want to make sure you want to study. And so sometimes I read something and my mind will automatically go to this because, well, that's what I heard. Not necessarily because I took time and did some in-depth study on that. And so when I saw the book, I said, okay, automatically went to the book of life, and the book is in Revelations. That's the only way, only way in the Bible that the book is talked about. But I said, let me check. And so I turned with me to Exodus, and I thought this was interesting. Exodus chapter 32. What got me thinking about what book are we talking about is how the, the angel said it to Daniel like it rolled off his tongue. You know, it was like, it was like, but at the time, all your people who found written in the book will escape. I'm like, wait a minute, the book? What book are we talking about? We haven't mentioned a book yet. Does Daniel know what book we're talking about? 
Because the book I'm thinking about is mentioned in Revelations, and I'm thinking that's the only book I know, the one that's written in Revelations. And why does Daniel know about the book in Revelations yet? And so I started doing a study, so I went back to Exodus chapter 32. Exodus 32, verse 31. So what happened? This is Exodus. These are the Jews. They've done some bad stuff like they uh, uh, normally do. And um, God was upset. God was about to wrap them up. Verse 30, Exodus 32, 30. The following day, Moses said to the people, you have committed a grave sin. Now we'll go to the Lord. Perhaps I will be able to atone for your sins. 31. So Moses returned to the Lord and said, oh, these people have committed a grave sin. They have made a God of gold for themselves. Now, if you would only forgive their sin, but if not, please erase me from the book you have written. The Lord replied to Moses, whoever has sinned against me, I will erase from my book. Now, go ahead, lead the people to the place. So I said, OK, wait a minute. So this is. There's a book mentioned all the way back in Exodus that Moses and God was talking about. Moses said, look, forgive them, God. Listen, let them go free. Take me out of the book. And God was like, no, no, no. Whoever sinned against me, I'm going to take their name out the book. I said, okay, so there's a book that Moses and God was talking about, and it had to do with names being written, and if you sin, your name was probably out the book. I thought that was interesting. Interesting. Then I went to Psalms. Turn with me to Psalms chapter 69. I said, okay, there's some kind of book. Now, there's a figurative book, or is it actually a book with some pages and there's a pen? I don't know. But Moses' God was talking about a book. In Psalms chapter 39, verse 28, David is talking. And, you know, he's giving a, a, a song as a plea for rescue. Rescue me, God. Save me, oh God. And so he, he's going into, God, rescue me from the miry mud. Don't let me sink. Save me for the waters is riven over my neck. So Psalm 69, I'm sorry. Psalm 69. So, Daniel, so David is getting into this rescue me, God, blah, 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 blah. Um, I'll start at verse 26. For they persecute the one you struck and talk to the pain of those you wounded. Charge them with a crime on top of crimes. <laughs> Don't let them share in your righteousness. I like how, and Fadia points this out, I like how Daniel be telling God to, like, you know, take people out. He said, charge them with a crime on top of crimes. <laughs> Don't let them share in your righteousness. Uh, 28, let them be erased from the book of life and not be recorded with righteousness. So there seems to be, if David is referring to the same book that Moses was talking about, some book book of life, and he's saying that these wicked people, let them be erased from this book. Don't let them be recorded with the righteous. So it seems as though this book has something to do or is tied to people who are righteous. And so if this book is a book with people who are righteous and Moses is like, God, they sin, don't erase them out of the book. And God said, I'm going to erase them out of the book. Why? Because they were wicked and they were not righteous. Daniel comes here and says, let them not be recorded in the book of life or the book of righteous, the righteous. So then we get, and there's some other references, but then we get hold of Daniel chapter 12, and then the angel is just talking to Daniel, he says, Daniel, and he says, listen, there's going to be some hard times that are coming, such as you've never seen before at that time, at this end. But Michael the prince will show up, but at that time, all your people who are found written in the book will escape. So if this is the same book that we're referring to, I think that this is a book not just full of Jews, but I think this is a book referring to the book in the future uh, in Revelation, is a book uh, of righteousness, the book of people who are righteous. And so I 
Olubolden tend to lean toward the camp that says that this is actually talking about God's people, this book of righteous. Verse two, many who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake, some to eternal life, some to the disgrace and eternal contempt. But those who have insight will shine like the bright expanse in the heavens and those who lead many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. And so Daniel comes in this as he's listening to this end game, the end of it all, when it all wraps up. There's some type of, like I said, transition from Antiochus, what's going on, and this kind of immediate future of what the people should expect. expect. And it seems to talk about kind of a, do a time jump into saying, oh, by the way, at the end of all this, all these statues I've been talking about and all these kingdoms I've been telling you about and all these beasts is going to come out of the sea. And at the end of all this, there is going to be some distress, some hard times. But at that time in time, all your people who are found reading the book will escape. I think as this end in at that time, the righteous God is letting us know, letting the people know that they will be a remnant. They will be able to escape. God is going to show up. Michael, the prince angel, is going to come and rescue God's people. Many who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake, some to eternal life and some to disgrace and eternal contempt. I like what it says, they will wait to eternal life. I think the reference here is talking about the resurrection at the end, when God comes back. And I think it's a reference there that says there's going to be some people at the end of this thing, God is going to wake up. There's some people who are dead, but the resurrection, they're going to be raised to eternal life. Who are those ones that's going to be raised to eternal life? Well, it says those who have, first of all, name in the book, we know that, who we're talking about. And it says those who have insight. And those who lead many to righteousness. And I think those are those shining ones. Those who God is going to allow to escape this pain, this suffering, this hard time, this tribulation, if you will, that's going to come at this end time. God is going to, as they go through, as they understand, as they endure this hard time, this suffering that's going to come, they are going to, those who have insight, God is going to lead them to righteousness and as they will be able to escape in this resurrection to eternal life. But then he also said, well, even in that, what I think is God is referring to here is that, and one thing we can pull is that God delivers the faithful from times of distress to everlasting life. That's key here. It's seen in the short-term future in chapter 11, when the angel was telling him what Antiochus Epiphanes was specifically going to do. And we can look at history and we saw the hard times that he brought on the children of Israel. And the Bible says that God had a remnant there that he brought through. They went through suffering. They went through pain. We talked about that in 11. But God still delivered his people. And as you see, even through history, after Antiochus did what he did, the Maccabean revolt, ha revolt happened next. And then we see... Israel coming, being okay again. And though they were being suffered by the Romans, Jesus came through that. And so God's people were not totally annihilated, even though they went through that intense suffering and this pain. And as you see, all those things that happened throughout history, God's people 
as pain, as suffering, as persecution came through, God still showed himself faithful. And so God delivers those faithful, those righteous, those who have insight, those who lead others through righteousness, delivers them through times of distress to everlasting life. And I think, well, I don't think I know that that encourages or brings hope for our today. No matter how distressful your today is. The angel told him and said, there's some stuff that's going to be coming that you ain't never seen before. It's going to be the worst that's ever happened. But understand that even though it's the worst that's ever happened, God is still going to provide a way of escape. God is still going to be faithful. God is still going to have this resurrection. They will awake to eternal life. And so that's hope for our today, no matter how distressful our today is. That's also hope for tomorrow, no matter how distressful our tomorrow is. And it's also, I truly believe, a hope for the end times, no matter your eschatology. We have the timeline, uh, and then in the timeline, we have uh, the end. And God didn't tell us, uh, give us a date, 1922, 4-4, he didn't give us any of that. But there's the end time, and then we know that sometime here the Bible tells us that there's a church that's going to be going on, and there's going to be a resurrection. There is going to be God's people, Jesus is going to come down at the second coming. He already came once and died. There's going to be a second coming, and he's going to come down, and he's going to snatch his people up, and he's going to reign. And some people say, okay, well, what's going to happen before that? Some people say, well, there's going to be some type of distress that Daniel was talking about. And some people say, hey, that distress, the tribulation, is going to be a period of time. It's going to be, this is just this little time here that's talking about the tribulation. All right, just from here to here. Some people say, no, that period of distress that Daniel's talking about isn't just a section from here to here. That's a whole section that started from way back when, and it's going to come all back here. So, so, okay, not just a little section of seven years or three and a half years. It's a whole time that's going to be building up worse, 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 Jesus is going to come in everything. And some people say, well, you know what? Before that, Jesus is going to come back again. It's going to be a quick comeback. What do you mean quick comeback? This is the first coming, second coming. It's going to be kind of half coming. He's going to come halfway, and he's going to snatch people up, and we're going to call it the rapture. And some of you say, that's going to happen before. And some of you say, okay, he's probably going to come back and get us before, but it's not going to be before. It's going to be here. It's going to be a snatch up here. So it's going to be in between this tribulation of this seven people. And I'm saying, no, that's not. He's going to come snatch us when he said he's going to snatch us at the end of all this. And some people, so there's a lot of eschatology, all right? There's some people who love God who studied the scriptures for their entire life, who believe 17 different views on this, of what's happening. But I think what is constant and what the Bible is consistent, I think everyone agrees with, is no matter what your eschatology is, seven, three and a half, we're in it now, it's coming, the millennium is going to happen after, the millennium is going to be before, there's no millennium, we're in the millennium, there's going to be snatched up before, we're not going to be snatched up, nothing specifically says this is going to happen, there's only first coming and the second coming, no middle coming. All of those things, what the angel told Daniel, he says, listen, understand this. There's going to be the time of distress. <laughs> That's going to happen. It's going to be something you've never seen before. Understand this, premillennial. Understand this, postmillennial. Understand this, amillennial. Understand this, pre-test. Understand this, post pre, mid, trip, post trip, understand this. No matter the distress or how bad it gets or how hard it looks, understand this, that there is hope because Christ said, the angel said, listen, there will be escape. 
No matter your eschatology, there is hope because God promised. And if he comes afterwards, if we go through it, if we are in it, if we will go through it, if we won't go through it, understand that he will bring us out. Why? Because the scripture says that he would. And I'm thankful for that to understand that there is hope for the day. There is going to be not only that, this resurrection until uh, 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 eternal life, but there's also going to be some awakening or resurrection until disgrace and eternal contempt. The Bible says that there is a wake or a resurrection to disgrace and eternal contempt. And I believe that the angel was referring to that great judgment. You heard a lot of talk about hell a lot, but it's real. Hell is real. God's sovereignty is real. God's holiness is real. God's justice is real. And because of God's sovereignty and his holiness and his justness, because of that, those who are in open rebellion to him will have an end also. And that end, according to the scripture, those who are unfaithful, those who exalt themselves over God, those who remain in rebellion to God, they will awake. They will be resurrected. Their end will not end in escape, but it will end in disgrace and eternal contempt, Bible says. And they will not be among those who shine like the expanse in the heaven or like the stars forever and ever. And I think what, what, what's interesting is that as we look through Daniel, we see references of that. You saw Nebuchadnezzar who decided one day he was going to exalt himself above God. Unfaithful. And God had to remind him. And show him who he was. You saw Belteshazzar, who was remained in rebellion with God. He's like, you know what? It's time to party. Go get them uh, stuff we stole from the Israelites, and let's go party in them things, blah, 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 blah. God's like, nah, we're shutting this down. Those who people who exalted themselves over God, those who people who remain rebellion with God, the unfaithful. God's judgment of the unfaithful, because God's sovereignty is real, because his holiness is real, because his justice is real, that means his judgment of the unfaithful is real. And it is real, it's also sovereign, it's holy, and just. And so we need to understand, and that's why I like, I thought it was interesting how the angel in Daniel was referring to spreading the word of God, was referring to evangelizing, if you will, saying that those who have insight, verse 3, will shine like the bright expanse in the heaven, and those who lead many to righteousness. The angel attributed those who lead many to righteousness to those who have insight and to those who have this eternal life and to those who has escaped. And I think even in the Old Testament, the, Dan, uh, the angel was saying that those of us who love God, those of us who are named in the book, those of us of the righteous, as uh, David said in Psalms 69, that insight that we have should lead us to lead others to righteousness. Our responsibility to the body of Christ is to do that. Find those who are going to be of that other resurrection, not the one that leads to life, but the one that leads to contempt and the one that leads to distress. And what's the other word? The one that leads to disgrace. We need to look at those folks who are headed into this direction. And like the angel says, we need to be of the idea to lead them to righteousness. But you, Daniel, verse 4, keep these words secret and seal the book until the time of the end. Many will roam about and knowledge will increase. I like that because as I was studying that, that has the idea that, listen, 
there's going to be a lot of people who come up with a lot of ideas about what's this, what this whole thing means. And as we look today, I was reading a book the other day, um, The Case for Our Millennialism. And I was reading another book, The Four Myths of This and, and This and That. And you can, don't, whatever you do, don't click YouTube, Revelations Explained. Because, oh my goodness. <laughs> First, you'll see some interesting characters. Because a lot of funny looking people, beasts and like stars, and it's poor production. It's, it's, I don't know why when you do eschatology, it's just bad production. <laughs> it's just, yeah, it, it's terrible. Uh, it's like they didn't put the money toward the, 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 the editing of it. But you, you'll see a trillion different ideas of what this means. And I think what the angel was saying, look, Daniel, keep these words secret, seal the book to the time of the end. Many will roam about and knowledge will increase. Could mean, one, that there's going to be a lot of people coming to these actual ideas of what this means, but it also means that if you just wait and do what I tell you to do, you will understand. And I think that goes back to Daniel saying he doesn't understand, and we're about to get into that in a, in a, uh, a couple of sections here. But what I will say to that is your eschatology, your studying of the word of God, no matter what the topic, make sure you take the time to study and see what God says and then bounce what you hear from people against the word of God. Verse five, then I, Daniel. Now, verse five marks the end of that vision. So all the way from chapter nine to 12, four was the angel telling him what he saw, and he saw all these things. So at the end of this, then I, Daniel, looked, and two others were standing. One on the bank of the river, one on the other. One of them said to the man dressed in linen who was above the water of the river, how long until the end of these wondrous things? Then I heard the man dressed in linen who was above the water of the river. He raised both his hands toward the heaven and swore by him who lives eternally that it will be for a time, times, and half a time. Daniel's going to end this whole section. I call it the end credits. He's going to end this section with two questions. The first question was, how long until the end of these wondrous things? Now, pay attention to the two questions, because sometimes we invent what those questions were. The question was not, when is this going to happen? That wasn't the question. The question was, how long until the end of these wondrous things? And the guy said, well... How long? They're going to be for a time, a times, and a half a time. And that was his answer. And you say a times what? Is that a year? Two years? Four years? Well, what did it say? He said for a time, times, and a half a time. Yeah, yeah, but, but, what, but what is that? What, 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 is, what does that mean? And the guy said, I'll tell you again, a time a times and a half a time. When the power of the holy people is shattered, all these things will be complete. The second question he asked, I heard this, I love this right here. This may be my favorite verse in Daniel. In Daniel. Daniel said, I heard this, but I did not understand. That, by the way, is my MO through an entire section of the end of Daniel. <laughs> I'm like, I'm reading this but I don't understand. <laughs> Daniel said that he heard all of this. He had seen this entire vision. He heard the answer to this question, and, he, and this is the smartest man ever. This is Daniel, okay? God has given him wisdom to interpret dreams and visions. 
Daniel said, I heard all this, but I do not understand. So I asked my Lord, what will be the outcome of these things? So now the second question. First question was, how long until the end of these things? The second question was, what will be the outcome? So notice both of these questions are referring to the end of all this. He's not saying when it's going to start. He's talking about the end. The first question was, how long until the end? The second question was, what will be the outcome? And so the response is, go your way, Daniel, for the words are secret and sealed until the time of the end. Many will be purified, cleansed, and refined, but the wicked will act wickedly. None of the wicked will understand, but those who have insight, there's that word again. I believe that ties back to those who have insight in verse 3, those who lead many to righteousness in verse 3, those who have, get the eternal life, those whose uh, 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 names are found written in that book. Back to verse 10. Many will be purified, cleansed, and refined, but the wicked will act wickedly, and none of the wicked will understand. But those who have insight will understand. Then he says, from the time of the daily sacrifice is abolished and the abomination of desolation is set up, there will be 1,290 days. Happy is the one who waits for and reaches 1,335 days. But as for you, go your way to the end. You will rest then you will stand to receive your allotted inheritance at the end of the days. And that was it. If I was Daniel, I was like, but wait, I still don't understand. <laughs> but that was it. And so when you look at what Daniel asked and what the response was, how long to the end of these things, he told him it's going to be a time, a times, and half a time. Then he said, what will be the outcome of these things? And it's, what I'm reading, it seems as though two outcomes. First, he tells him, listen, they're secret, they're sealed, time to the end, you will get it at the end time. But I'm going to tell you something. And he gives him some insight or some information about what's going on. First, he says there's going to be a purification, a cleansing, and a refinement. Many will be purified, cleansed, and refined, but the wicked will act wicked. When I look at purified, cleansed, and refined, when you look at those things in scriptures, that has to do with some type of suffering that happens. And at the end of this suffering, there's purification. At the end of this pain, there's cleansing. At the end of this fire, there's refinement. And so I think what he's telling Daniel is that, look, at the end of this, there will be this purified, cleansed, and refinement of those who have insight. And I think that's a reference to that escape. After this suffering, after this pain, after all this has happened, at the end of time, those of us whose names are in that book will be purified, cleansed, and refined. And I think when he says, but the wicked will act wickedly, that there are going to be people at the end of all this who will not be along that, they're gonna go through this, same, this pain and suffering and all this stuff, they will not come out refined and cleansed and purified. They will continue to act wicked, and that wickedness will continue, and they will not receive the understanding. And so Daniel's fate at the end of all this is the angel tells Daniel, listen, so your responsibility, Daniel, you might not still, you might still be confused, you might not still understand everything that's going on, but understand this. Happy is the one who waits, but as for you, go on your way to the end. You will rest, 
and then you will stand to receive your allotted inheritance at the end of the day. The angel told him, Daniel, persevere. Remain faithful. As the pain and suffering and all of these things go and as these kingdoms come and go, you, Daniel, remain faithful to the end. And the result of your perseverance, the result of your faithfulness is rest and the receiving of your allotted inheritance. Notice, I thought it was interesting. Notice he didn't say you're going to receive it during. A lot of times you hear people say, you know, God's going to give you this, give you that. He didn't say during. He said at the end. And the charge to Daniel was to continue to go, continue to remain faithful, continue to persevere, continue to read, continue to study, continue to live a life holy, acceptable to God, continue to renew your mind over and over again as you pursue righteousness to the end. Then you will receive rest. Then you will receive your reward at the end. When I look at uh, Daniel chapter 12, and again, I, I really want to take some time and really go through kind of an eschatology because I find it exciting and interesting to look at all the different uh, beliefs and the, the scriptures that back them up. So I, I do want to take some time to do that. But I think the overall piece of this is to understand that we are the body of Christ to persevere. We are to continue to remain faithful. No matter what persecution, no matter what suffering, no matter what end times, no matter what happens or what comes, our responsibility is to continue to be faithful through all of that. Continue to lead others to righteousness. And so not to say, well, the end is coming, so we good, don't worry about anybody else. No. The angel said, listen, those who have insight are going to be those who lead others to righteousness during this time. So as we th see things going crazy, as we see things intensifying around the world, as we know that the time of Christ's coming is near, continue to persevere, continue to be faithful. As hard times, as suffering, as pain comes, continue to go through knowing that God has promised through his word to deliver us who have insight and continue to remain faithful. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you, God, for this time to look at your word. We thank you how your word promises us and prepares us, God, for distress, for the time of suffering, for tribulation, for, for all of these things that are going to enter our life, that have entered and are going to enter and going to intensify in our life, God. Your word of God prepares us and tells us what we are to do as we go through that. And we thank you, God, as we can see your faithfulness in scripture, as we see your faithfulness in our individual lives, we know that you will remain faithful as your word says. So as times get hard and as times increase and as times of distress comes, God, we understand through your scriptures that you promise us an escape. You promise us, God, that you would be there with us. You promise us that there will be an awakening unto everlasting life, God, for those who are righteous, for those who have insight, your insight, and those who lead others to righteousness, God. So I pray, God, sound of my voice that everyone, God, as we go through tribulation now, as we go through tribulation coming, and as we go through the great tribulation, God, that's happening as time intense and, and, and as the world gets worse and as all these things happen, God, no matter what enters our life, no matter what happens in our life, God, I pray that you would allow us to remember what your word said here in Daniel, God, and that we will be faithful, God, and that we will be strong. We'll continue to teach our children to be faithful and to be strong 
and generation after generation, God, until you come, be it tomorrow or be it uh, generations from now, God. We thank you for your word. We love you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Followers of the Way podcast. If you like more information about Followers of the Way Church, visit our Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash FOTW Church. Again, that's www.facebook.com forward slash FOTW Church. We trust and hope that you've enjoyed hearing God's word and how to apply it to our lives. Our podcast is updated weekly, so remember to follow us here at Followers of the Way.